It's January 8th, and this is your host of the Art and Sports Podcast, Eddie Averill. It's been a rough month, and I'm genuinely sorry that we haven't had an episode in that time span. Uh, A podcast that starts out and fizzles within seven episodes is straight up embarrassing, and I hope none of you thought that was the case. I'd rather you think I died. Um, I've gone through a lot in the last month on a personal level, and frankly, just been a little too busy to record or properly stay caught up with basketball and football. Um, I did, of course, keep doing my other podcast because that one helps me pay rent. Uh, Anyway, since we've been gone, the Lakers won the in-season tournament, but I'm in no mood to celebrate because they suck now. Richard's going to come on in a second. We're going to break down the last couple nights of NBA games and give out our awards for the season so far, too. But first, football. All right. I've given some fantasy updates throughout the season, and I wanted to congratulate my team, Dr. Smart Football. We beat out the league, and we took home the hardware, despite a pretty much shitbag season from my number one overall pick, Patrick Mahomes. It is a two QB league, and my second QB was Deshaun Watson, and I still won the fucking league. That is how the Art and Sports podcast rolls in 2024. The regular season of the NFL is done now, and I'm done gambling on games, done doing fantasy. It's all about watching the games like a real head, uh, and I just can't fucking wait. Browns and Texans, that should be an absolute shitfest in the best way possible. Uh, Stroud is back and almost just as fun to watch as he was when I put him near the top five of my uh, QB watchability rankings a few months back. And by the way, yeah, three of those guys aren't starting quarterbacks anymore. That's fine. Is about having fun watching football. Not the best quarterbacks. Anyway, I say he's almost as fun because, yeah, there's no Tank Dell, so that sucks. Um, and the Browns' defense is just insane and will probably end up getting a defensive touchdown in some capacity as the, uh, the Flacco pick six insurance. And I don't really know what to make of this one because um, what if the Browns just can't move the ball at all, you know? Houston's a 2.5 point underdog at home, and I kind of want to take them just to root for them if I were betting. Uh, Dolphins and Chiefs, can can the Chiefs thing just be over already? I'm rooting for the Dolphins. This is just done. I'm done with this Chiefs team. This, this receiver core is just fucking horrible. Uh, the conspiracy narrative is that they'll make the Super Bowl no matter what for the sake of the Taylor Swift-driven ratings. Uh, if the NFL is real at all, they will lose this game against the Dolphins. They are horrible on offense. They are minus three and a half at home, and that's why I, if I were betting, would take the Dolphins plus three and a half. Pittsburgh Buffalo. Uh, it should not be nine and a half. That's just that's too much for a playoff game. <laughs> Buffalo looks better than they did uh, at their low points this season, but you know the blowouts aren't exactly. They didn't feel as real. The Dallas one did, but the Miami one feels like ages ago. Um, Pittsburgh does not have a very good team, but I just wouldn't bet on them losing by double digits in the playoffs the way they've kept things close this year. Obviously, the Bills win, but I'd stay away from that spread. Rams-Lions, kind of surprised the Rams are only plus three and a half. I know the Lions are streaky and make bad decisions, but uh, I think they just come in and destroy this game, and it's a symbolic passing of the torch from one era to the other and the quarterback trade and everything. It's just, it'll be a big game for Detroit heads. Philly and Tampa Bay, how can anyone possibly bet on Philly right now to do literally anything? It's just, it's awful. You can't do it. Let's talk about some basketball. 
All right, so we're back here with Richard talking about the NBA. It's been quite a few weeks of eh, nothing really. You know, here's the deal. You know, we, we took a little break from the Art and Sports podcast due to uh, personal reasons for me. And I haven't talked about those personal reasons, but I think today is a big day to talk about them. Because today, Draymond Green uh, uploaded his podcast response to the last couple weeks of inactivity. And it's time that I kind of come out as a uh, Draymond amiable type of uh, basketball reporter. I, I take great solitude uh, and feel great solidarity with the man. And uh, I, I just think that like his break from basketball, uh, because as he put it, he was in his man cave for so long that his kids didn't even know he was home. And he was just man caving it up. And I, I've been there, man, as a, as a fellow man cave haver. Um, you know, and podcaster. So, you know, I, it brings me great joy to come back to podcasting today alongside my colleague, Draymond Green, who was reactivated on the roster, I think 48 hours ago, has not done anything related to the Warriors since being reactivated other than doing this podcast today. Um, so that is why I've been gone is I've just been so sad about my buddy Draymond not being in the league. Yeah. I, and Eddie, I hope you don't mind if I if I reveal some of our personal conversation yeah. on the pod here, but the listener, Eddie was talking to me. He came to me and he said, Richard, I'm going to retire. <laughs> this game is getting too hard for me. It's too tough out there. And and what I, I sat him down and I said, this, this podcasting space needs you. <laughs> we need you out there. You've, you've got these people that are counting on you to go out there and punch your coworkers straight in the dick every other week for six months straight and you know eddie said thank you richard that's why you're <laughs> such a good commissioner of this podcasting league the thing is i've made the clay thompson uh toddler comparisons and lots of schoolyard comps for draymond green and i think this really brings it together it's like this warriors team is just like the school children team and the bad boy just got in trouble and when he came back he said the principal actually told me some really good stuff and like i'm gonna be better you know like i was gonna just drop out of school but the principal told me that he sees a future for me and i'm i'm there, gonna come back there's that great tiktok uh of of it's you know the friend who's always looking for attention is the guy's always like Psh, i just want to die and i side eyeing people and that's exactly what draymond is doing except if draymond was also constantly uh uh trying to hit his friends in the face as well um draymond has a terrible mental condition known as uh just being completely crazy and trying to hurt everyone around him for no reason at all it would be one thing if it was in like the heat of a game, like yeah. a heated, heated game. These things keep happening when nothing is going on in the game. Like very little is happening. You got to go to therapy to fix that. You got to go to therapy for a condition that I've also had of like when your job gets really boring and you just want to hit someone and get out of work. You know, like that's a great way to get out of work. You just hit someone. Just being just there's there's two ways to um get what you want at work and it's to be really pleasant so everybody's like oh yeah that guy i'd like yeah give him what he wants because he's you know he's always cool to me he always helps out and then the other way is to do the complete opposite which is be an absolute terror a total nightmare and for some reason you're not allowed to get fired that is another really good way to get what you want because everyone's just like put him somewhere else that's not near me like give him a raise so he could just not work in this office anymore 
man draymond has taken the latter path <laughs> the the fact that like the headline of draymond's return podcast being that adam silver personally pulled him out of retirement is the most fake wrestling bullshit i've ever heard adam silver is like fully leaning into the mcmahon mode of being a star of the league you know he he understands the narrativization of the game and it's like i might as well be one of the big characters you know like i'm not trying yes. to get best i'm trying to get best supporting actor this year you know like draymond might steal it from me but adam silver coming in from the cold being like man we need you in this league. I keep kicking you out for a few games at a time, you know, but like we need you. We really need you. I, I know the Warriors just give Draymond everything that that he wants all the time. But this is, you know, there was some talk, you know, Bill Simmons <laughs> said this of like, are they going to trade Draymond yeah. before he comes back? And if I was, you know, if I was being less than charitable, this might be Draymond's way of being like, Reti- I, I, you're trading me? <laughs> I'm going to retire. You're getting nothing for me. He's got a man cave. I would retire if I had that good of a man cave. He's got a man cave. And according to his podcast, I want to make, I want to make sure that the listeners understand. And he was not making that up. That's what he said on his podcast that just came out like half an hour ago. Draymond Green told a story about his man cave. That was literally a Hollywood handbook bit from eight years ago. I don't know if you remember this when I, Sean was gone from the podcast for a really long time, and then they do a bit where he's calling from the other room, uh, and Draymond just basically described that exact scenario with his daughter finding out that he was home, uh, That's and very he funny. used that as like his emotional turning point for like why he needs to change as a person, and it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. It's uh, He is a one-of-a-kind, goofball, phony, just like the biggest liar of all time also like he's more addi- he's almost more addicted to lying than lebron it's a it's a weird triangle because it's hard to compare these things but he's not quite as addicted to punching people in the dick as he is to lying and he's not quite addicted as lying as he is to lebron and you know you you look at the player comps it's like kind of similar he's just a less skilled version you know he's got the iq and the defense and everything he really is just a 4-year-old lebron in a way well put. So uh, basketball also happened. It wasn't just a media circus. Uh, in the it was on the weeks. court. It was on the court. They did it. They did it on the court. They did it on the court. Thursday, man. Thursday was such a fun. That that was like the first real Thursday night game, uh, like doubleheader of the year. You know, the Thursday slates have been whatever because of football, and we've talked about that, but. The Thursday doubleheader starts with Giannis crashing Wemby's birthday party. Uh, Wemby really was acting like a birthday boy in the funniest way. Like he jacks up eight threes, puts up, you know, five turnovers, has all these insane highlights too. He's just like clearly just on a sugar rush or something like that. He gets to break his minutes restriction. He's like, Pop, please let me play a little more. Please, Pop. Pop says, you can have one (laughs) extra minute. (laughs) One. I believe his minutes restriction was 25 minutes and he played 26 is my is my if if I remember correctly it's a close game down to the wire and they're just waiting to bring him back in and it's like well he's not if he comes back in it's only going to be with three minutes left and then it's like a miracle of Popovichism that he comes back in with three minutes left and not two you know and he's able to try to close out the game and fail pop is pop is going to Wembe and he's going 
look, Victor, <laughs> I understand that you want to play more minutes in this professional basketball game. However, if you play more minutes, that means that Jeremy Sohan might not get, be able to play 33 minutes, and we cannot have that. You got to have Sohan in there. Sohan, you have to. You got to play him. That's the first sign he of does. dementia right there. It's like one day my uncle's going to be like, you know, Jeremy Sohan, they should have given him more of a shot and be like, oh, okay, now I got to bring you to a home. He, he's got the one-handed free throws. Well, I don't know if you know this, but it was actually very brave of him to change his free throw shot uh, after being horrible at free throws. He then changed it to a funky one-handed one that's only kind of horrible. Genuinely, (laughs) I actually do admire that. I do admire the fact that he was like, I'm awful at this, and now I need to do something that looks stupid so it will improve. Jeremy Sohan is pretty bad, but I do actually respect that. No bits. I went to the Spurs game against the Pels only like a week after he changed it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is the damnedest thing I've ever (laughs) seen in my life. But he went from like a 50 50 percent free throw shooter, Mm -hmm. like a plumly free throw shooting percentage to an actually just regular mediocre free throw shooting percentage, which is a huge improvement. So shouts out to him. That said, if... The minutes played was completely reversed with 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 Sohan and Wemby in that in that game against the Bucks. I I actually think the Spurs win that game. Yeah, it was probably. that was a close game. I mean, both of these teams have just like great interior defense and then nothing else. Kind of the Bucks. That's easily their biggest problems. I mean, their guards are like not just the worst defenders on their team. I think the Bucks group of guards might be just like the worst three or four defenders in the league. It's just, they're so bad every single time. And, you know, like offensive and defensive rating for a single game, bad metric, you know, but it is the building blocks to the overall metric. And it's notable to see basically every game, the guards are just like, you know, eight, nine, 12 points lower than the bigs on that team for defensive rating. And it's just never going to get better because what are you doing with campaign and Lillard out there, you know, and uh, Beasley, you know, I'm, in the camp that guard defense is overrated Mm -hmm. a little bit which is to say you know that the obvious thing that interior defense is is way more important but at the same time I also am somebody who thinks that you can't be like the worst guard defender in the league if you want to do something real um we say all these things and the bucks are still like what they're they're in third. third yeah they're, they've won like 24 games or something. They've got a very, I forget the exact record, but like they're very good and they win every single close game. They've won every close game that they're in. And there's kind of a thing in, in NBA media where it's like, okay, if you're, if you, your record in close games, some people think that your record in close games is basically like random. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some truth to that. But at a certain point, we're like, a third of the way through the season more. Yeah. That's a reasonable sample size. And maybe they're just going to win every close game. It's not insane yeah. to think that, but you don't want to like, you don't want to be in a close game to No, to we're actually, with we're it. closer to halfway than a third at that yeah. point. And I, I agree that guard defense can be under or uh, overrated, especially with, the current style of play. Like if we had a bunch of guys just like go in Kobe mode, you know, uh, ISOing high post, like guard defense would be a lot more important. But when it's that bad, it's so bad. Anyone can, if the Spurs guards can exploit you. That highlight from last week of Dame, just like straight up, just 
it looked like it, people say this a lot. The his controller disconnected, yeah. and then he was like, "Oh my god, I need to, <laughs> I need to get back." It, it was it was shocking. Well, it was shockingly bad. One of the best highlights of the night was Wemby's ridiculous fast break behind the back dunk. But yeah, like. Lillard is effectively a traffic cone in that play. He is just literally nothing. He could be CGI'd out of the frame and it would make no difference. It's clearly just Wemby putting on a dribble move to get a little space from Brooke, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's rough. And I think their close game record is very good to know, like for going into the playoffs, because that's what this is all about is like. Teams like the Bucks, you know they're going to finish with a high seed. It doesn't really matter. But this is yeah. all informing how we feel about them going into the postseason. And if they get a bad guard matchup, who knows? You know, uh, that, That's why I think it's like teams like that who are maybe one piece away only from being a perfectly complete team. And they just have this one glaring weakness that's probably not helping them with their current little slide. Let's let's try this out. Maybe Dame Lillard is intentionally tanking the beginning of games mm. so that they're close, and then he activates Dame time Ooh. so that he could win the Kia Clutch Player of the Year award. That is next level thinking. Do that we think uh, d- is next level? I'm thinking. not saying it's happening, but I'm saying if you were gonna make it happen, it would look something like this. Pe- people think Dame time is just like a, a certain time of night or something. No, it's like he sets his clock to turn off and on so that those controller disconnect moments, you know, usually they happen on defense. He's really good at his watch. Like sometimes it turns on, sometimes it turns off. He's not always doing the celebration. You know, people don't know that about Damian Lillard. Uh, it is a very yeah. real phenomenon. Che- checkers players are out here playing good defense all game. Yeah. Chess players, they know when to turn it on and off. He knows that turning away from a jump shooter nine times gets him one extra three-pointer. And that one extra That's three-pointer exactly. might get him clutch player of the year that's the difference the other game thursday uh was the nuggets and the warriors the nuggets came back from down 18 with six minutes left and just reassured everybody that they can basically turn it on and quite literally like i was joking about dame they can turn it on whenever they want and just be the best team in the world and it reminds me of in micro like how they coasted the second half of the regular season last year and then turned it on in the playoffs again uh it's it's like that with this game they like coasted for three quarters and made golden state think they were good again and then we're just like no we're the best team this this was the game that i think history will show formally broke the laker broke broke the warriors like that like because because immediately after that game kaminga talks to shams the next day and then there's a report on moody they're both unhappy um and i uh i get it like i there are some people i want to i want to clarify i don't actually think moses moody or jonathan kaminga are particularly good basketball players but kaminga was cooking that game and then just didn't play at all in like the four in the last 18 minutes of the game it was like baffling I don't like Jonathan Kaminga, but if he's like the reason I'm winning a game, I'm going to keep playing him. And so, and he's a, it's his third season, right? It's his third season in the league. Like this is the point where, you know, 
this is now he's playing for his next contract these are millions of dollars Mm -hmm. on the line here he could potentially because of his skill set i wouldn't give him this contract but i don't i wouldn't think it's crazy if a team is like 100 million dollars for four years whatever i don't think that's that's certainly not what i would do but i could see some team doing that absolutely and if he's just and if he's just not getting playing time like that, this could threaten that. If you were being, if you thought that if you just played more, you could maybe get a hundred million dollars over four years, I, I would certainly start talking behind my coach's back. Yeah. I get, I get it. I'd ask to get my ass shipped to the Wizards. <laughs> yeah, like, and they'll, I, I'm sure them They'd or the Pistons give a new deal. or yeah, we, you know, get somebody. Yeah. So I I I, I kind of get uh, uh, Kaminga being being really mad at Steve Kerr going Doc Rivers mode. I mean, yeah. come on, like it's 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 absurd. I've defended um, I have defended Steve Kerr in the past from Warriors fans in recent years who are upset at his uh, coaching. But it's kind of an, it's it's past defensible at this point. I think they might have been might have been been right on that one. It's like you can't like. They were up like with like not a lot of time left, yeah. like six minutes left. They're up like twenty points. Eighteen points that's, with six minutes. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That is, you have to try to give that up. And it's and, not like and, the and, Nuggets were raining threes either. Like there were threes, but a lot of it was just getting inside and then getting stops. Yeah. And the Warriors' offense just being completely still, like nothing like, doing. Yeah, there's no shame in losing to the Nuggets mm-hmm. on any given night, but the manner in which you do it is is pretty pretty demoralizing. On the Nuggets side of things, like the headline is the Jokic game winner because that's just insane. We haven't even talked about that. That's just one of his best regular season plays, incredible all timer. But Gordon had one of his best games, and that's why it was what it was. Like the the Aaron Gordon game also kind of has it goes back to Steve Kerr's defense coaching, like. They're begging him to take open shots in this game. And Aaron Gordon knocks down two for four from three, 11 for 17 on the night. You got to make an adjustment at that point, right? Like at some point they had to be like, all right, maybe we won't let Aaron Gordon take every single shot because he's on pace to have 30 points on 11 for 17. But they just kind of he's so stubborn. It's it's really I feel like the old coaches losing their way always comes down to stubbornness and there might be a little bit of that in Kerr right now. It's and and it's a lot of in particular it's former player coaches. Yeah. That that do this a lot that get they're like no this guy is good I'm going to do that. I love Willie Green. He's kind of the same way mm-hmm. in in recently. Um I think he's getting better but he does have a lot of that. It, it's Doc, Doc Rivers is a former player. Steve Kerr is a former player, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like I think a lot of these former players, especially if they're role players, which a lot of the good uh, head coaches end up being. Ty Lu, Ty Lu's not as stubborn, yeah. but he can have some weird stuff going on. Um, they, if they're role players, they're like, I, I know how to win basketball, and it's the fundamentals, it's the role playing, it's, it's, it's all of this. And when, <laughs> whereas you know, you've got regular. NBA casual fans are being like, oh, just play your best guy and you'll win. Yeah. And usually they're right. <laughs> Most of the time that is right. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty simple. <laughs> Some, sometimes it's other. I understand these guys have forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever know in my yeah. entire life. But sometimes like, hey, a guy is cooking, play him is 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 great. Yeah. That'll do. Absolutely. Um, and the op- they seem to do the opposite. They seem to just be like, well, this guy's not cooking, but... We got to keep going. We got to keep going. Um, Speaking of guys who are not cooking, but keeping on going, we move on to Friday with the Lakers. 
an even worse version of the Warriors implosion the night before against the Grizzlies yeah. because so, they don't have that excuse in their back pocket of, well, it, we were playing against the best player on the world like and his great team. They were playing, they got beat by Marcus Smart. It's bad. Yeah, so Eddie, I, I have to say, um, you know, first off, uh, uh, you know, Pelicans fans and Lakers fans don't always see eye to eye, you yeah, know, the AD trade, all that. But I would like to welcome. I would like to do a a heartfelt congratulations <laughs> to the Lakers. I haven't done this yet uh, on their winning the in season tournament, the first in season oh, tournament. They won the Commissioner's Cup. They did a great job. They looked fantastic. Um, unfortunately, um, the day after I watched the Lakers' incredible win, I was uh, much like Kelly Oubre. I was hit by a car, and I've been in a in a coma ever since. And I just woke up. <laughs> Um, last night, so I haven't been able to catch up yes. on the Lakers, who I'm sure have look, have been fantastic since. I mean, they were looking great. Yeah, you know, I mean, I would you know, finals favorites. So the last couple weeks, um, haven't been able to to keep up with them. So um, I'm sure that this loss against the Grizzlies was just that was. I mean, that was an anomaly, right? They, that can't be part of a larger pattern. Of course, they've been doing great, haven't they? Well, let me let me put it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way. Um, before the game. Uh, DBL, as I like to call him, Darvin Bin Laden, uh, said that you guys shouldn't look at me so closely. Don't pay attention to every game. I've been through much worse than this, so I'm not worried. And usually that's not what a coach says uh, when his team is looking at championship hopes. That's just like usually not going on. Uh, The Lakers have been fucking atrocious. Uh, The table was set for a revenge game, too. Like this is the was like the third straight LeBron revenge game incoming. But this one especially like he let the the LeBron let the Lakers Twitter guy like record him right before the game hitting like six threes in a row. And he was dressed all in black, like the rare all black LeBron warm ups. And uh, even the the national commentators were talking about it. Like Doris was like, oh, when he wears the the black warm ups, you know, it's going to be crazy. Uh, And he. He did play great to no avail. Anthony Davis also played great to no avail. You may say, did Austin Reeves shit the bed? No. Uh, he actually started for once uh, because Darwin decided to throw a guard in the lineup the last two games. Uh, he flirted with a triple-double and had his career high in assists. But they lost to Marcus Smart in the Memphis Grizzlies. I know John Morant's back, but he is the one who was putting the daggers on us because DBL's rotations are beyond insane. Um There was an accusation last year that he had a midget fetish, and I think he got self-conscious about that, and he was just like 6'9 and above only. That's it. Uh, You know, like they had that great reshuffle at the deadline with Palinka reshaping their identity around size and defense, and instead of realizing, okay, let's keep that going... They were like, let's double down on it and let's get Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes and not any more guards. No guards. No guards. We're not going to start any guards for like three weeks. Uh, They didn't start a guard for like two and a half weeks. I was fucking going crazy. Reddish was the smallest guy on the court and he plays like a four basically at this point. They have him not playing like a guard whatsoever. It's the stupidest team ever. It is like last year. But we don't have a scapegoat. Last year, there was the Russ thing. And it's like, whatever the Russ Hall is, you can use that to reshuffle. People like Bill Simmons have been like, oh, you know, the D'Lo contract and the Rui contract. Those are just trade pieces. I have to watch them play for my team for 40 fucking games. Like, I, this is rough. This is like, I, this is bad. 
This is a bad team right now. I I extend. I I mean, who could have seen this coming? Who could have seen <laughs> Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood and and Cam Reddish not contributing to winning <laughs> basketball? Who could have seen this coming? If only there were people out there who were willing to tell you that uh, that that might happen. I mean, I, you know, you bring up the trade that they made at the deadline last year. They gave up a first round pick and they got um, no, not McDaniel's. Um, who was yes, Vando and Vando um, D'Lo. Uh, and they also, well, they also threw Mo Bamba in there at the end of the end of the bunch to get the Lakers spaces guys excited. But but it was also who uh, plays for the Bucks now? Oh, Beasley, Beasley. Thank yeah. you, Malik Beasley. And when that happened, I was like, okay, I love to hate on the Lakers front office, but I'm like, damn, that was for one first round pick. I'm like, all right, cool, that sounds good. They let Beasley just walk, and yeah. now his three point shooting percentage has gone up like ten percent uh, <laughs> on the Bucks and. Vando is uh is just like he's we we saw it in the playoffs like he's you can't play you can't play him and in order to make him work you bring in other big guys who are just like not good at anything frankly See, that's what I don't get why is Darvin throwing Vando out there with three other big guys like that doesn't make any sense to me at all if if Vando's getting played off the court in the playoffs last year teaches you anything it's you can only play him like as the big with LeBron out there as the four or something like that and it really works if he's the only non-shooter it works because he's the most flexible defender I've seen the yeah. Lakers have like other than AD and LeBron, obviously, like he's the most flexible defender I've seen the Lakers have in 10 years. And it's it's a shame that they're just like, well, we're not going to use him right because he just doesn't work on offense. And it's like there's there's a pretty easy solution to making any of these guys work right. And it's build a normal team like get guards who can shoot. We're in 2024. You can't be putting up like 23 point attempts a game. And being like, well, we tried. We really put up a lot of threes tonight. You know, it's like that's not putting up a lot of threes this year. <laughs> they they were uh, the, the you know ball podcast guys were talking about uh, this last week, and I, they mentioned something to the effect of like, Palinka has been like a Cohen brothers yeah. um, protagonist in the in the Cohen's comedies, where it's like they're just bumbling around, mm -hmm. doing all the like just awful making awful decisions, but in like you know raising Arizona style, it ends up working out totally fine for yeah. them, you know, and just so now we're in the bumbling around. Uh, 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 sort of phase of this and I, I mean I said last season I don't see how they're going to work it out like they, they did I mean the way they made the Western Conference Finals like, yeah you know regardless of how you get there you did it so shows what I know will that happen this season I would say no but like I uh, who who knows it's as I've said before the fact that they are this mediocre with LeBron and AD totally healthy and playing at genuinely both of them at least all-star levels yeah. arguably all nba levels they've both been fantastic the thing that this that the lakers with ad and lebron have been able to hang their hat on is even when they haven't had a lot of depth when both ad and lebron are on the court together they're really good in those yes. minutes this season my I, I i haven't looked at the stats in like a week but um my understanding is that that's not true they're only just okay yeah. when they're both on the court together even when they're both individually spectacular so it's not great uh, uh, yeah <laughs> i don't know lebron's way of initiating offense this year like it's i want to say it's selfish 
but it doesn't really fit with how you want to play basketball in the year 2024. Like you can't really have a pace and space team with LeBron uh, being like, well, we could do the thing where I ISO and just like chill for 14 seconds because he's allowed to do that. He's LeBron James. He's the greatest of all time. Uh, And like, if he wants to do that and then just do a spin move at the end and maybe dump it off to AD, like I'm always fine with that the rest of the offense doesn't come together around that there's we we figured it out for a few years how to do it you know the the finals run it's like it you got to have shooting on the outside it's just shooting on the outside good perimeter defense that'll contribute uh like a point of attack kind of because they are the best interior defense i've ever seen with lebron ad and vando in there i mean last year Mm -hmm. that looked incredible when it worked and then their offense just, you know, shits the bed and it doesn't work. So I don't know. It's really bad. Uh, LeBron's post game, like, we suck right now presser was the most overdramatic thing I've ever seen in my life. He was laying down with his shirt off. And he was like, very funny. It felt like, like a fucking Italian movie from the 60s or something like that. And then, he, speaking of Italian, some Italian reporter was like, what did you think about Ricky Rubio? And he's just like, <laughs> I'm not really in the mood to answer that question, but I respect Ricky. Um, congratulations on a hell of a career. And uh, if, I don't see, if I don't seem sincere when you see this video, because we got our ass whooped again, and I apologize. So it was actually bad timing on the interviewer asking me this question. It's not me, Ricky. So. Congratulations. I think I think that that I, I'm gonna stick up a little bit for that reporter. I think maybe he could have read the room a little better, but he did. It was fine. Like he didn't do anything. Uh, he didn't do anything too bad, you know. And people really were like, "Oh my God, how can you ask LeBron James about this?" And it's like, I don't know. He's a, he's a, he's an Italian reporter. Like he he it's it, it was a genuinely pretty big story on the international basketball stage, less so in America, but it was you know it's a real it's a real story. It's a a very real story. Look, Ricky Rubio announced his retirement, clearly going through, you know, a lot of personal troubles, and I wish him the best. Like, Ricky Rubio, one of the most entertaining entertaining players I've ever watched. Uh, That's the first foreign guy I ever watched online before he came into the NBA. He seems he seems like a great guy, and and I I just saw a lot of people acting like uh, that reporter asked LeBron like and uh aside from that uh how was the play Mrs. Lincoln like <laughs> yeah. that's that's what the tone that I was getting from a lot of people so but it was just a loss against the Grizzlies but of course LeBron you know you saw how heated I got just remembering a game from five days ago <laughs> right, so right. imagine how LeBron felt um right yeah I think the other thing if if I could just put a cap of on this. course and so like how are they going to fix this the Pelicans have their unprotected first round pick either this season or next. It's their choice. I don't actually know when they have to make that decision. But if we just hang on to that and don't make a choice, that kind of hamstrings their ability to make trades is is my to use those picks is is my understanding. Um so I I don't know what they're going to end up doing, you know, the that might end up being a lottery pick. Next season's draft's going to be not that good. Do you take the risk and just wait for next season? Not sure. So uh, just just an, an element to it that I find uh, uh, kind of kind of interesting. The thing is, it's like, if they do anything, and they, I, I was going to talk about this more after uh, the Lakers-Clippers game from last night, but we can just talk about the Lakers at large here. Like, yeah. if they do anything here, 
they have to prey on a miracle, basically, because that's what happened last year. I, I really think that the way they turned around toward the back half of last season, it wasn't just Palinka, but it was also Ham and LeBron figuring out the rotations and how to make that bunch fit. And they were really hot going into the playoffs. They looked amazing, actually, uh, for like two and a half weeks. And it's yeah. kind of a fucking miracle. And so if we're banking on a miracle to get swept by Denver again, uh, or for this year's team, like, I don't know how much you can possibly upgrade this. Even I, if you do have a miracle like that, where you get the best possible deadline deals. I uh, think that second round exit. I, yeah. I, I, I forget exactly how you make the money work. I think that you can, and this is not an original mm. thought, but it's like, it's Zach Levine. Like yeah. it's, I don't even like Zach Levine. I wouldn't want him on my basketball team, but if I'm the Lakers and we suck on offense and that's what needs to improve that and there's a guy out there who would play who is willing to play for our team who has shown that he's good on offense you know i've a lot of zach levine has a lot of flaws in his game but like he could like shoot it really well <laughs> and i i don't think him next to lebron is a ho horrible fit i don't think it's awful yeah um and if you're just talking about a miracle like just hope that he gets there is motivated and like you know, because Zach Levine, when he tries on defense, he's not the worst. Yeah, he's not Dame Lillard. Um, and when he's engaged and he wants to do things, he can actually be a pretty. He can be a productive player. Again, I I'm just you know think trying to be reasonable in my assessment. I wouldn't trade for him, but if if I'm the Lakers and you can make the money work, like you. You might as well. Yeah, I think that's about as good of a shot as as that as is out there right now. Who else are you going to Pascal Siakam? What are you what are no. we doing? It's Siakam, that, that would just be doubling down to what we're doing now. It's like consolidating. Yeah. You know, uh, oh great, get rid of uh, wood. And that's and, no, uh, and, and that's no criticism. Pascal, who's, yeah. a, who's a perfectly good player, but it's like you know, it's yeah, just, like I'd I, rather I have Siakam than Rui right now, but that's not going to like change the core problem with why the Lakers can't play no. in this current NBA. Um, no. Yeah, no, you have to look at guards. You know, the Levine thing, yeah, you could offload the D'Lo and Rui contracts and it works. And I'd rather them go smaller like they did last year. You know, role players instead of stars. I think if you get Tyus Jones, Malcolm Brogdon, either of those guys, it helps. Yeah. It helps. You just get guard scoring. You get real balance in yeah. your team and it unlocks things for the bigs because just defense has to work. The other team's defense has to worry about other stuff yeah i really There's, hope they don't bring kyle kuzma back that is my biggest fear i don't think i don't think <laughs> they don't won't think they that. won't but that is my biggest fear in terms of yeah. like mega brain le gm like uh right. oh i'm gonna bring back kuzma yeah Right, right. Yeah, I, I there's there's the there's the boomer take of uh defense wins championships and that's how like that's what the Lakers have been in LeBron's time. They've genuinely been a defense first team yeah. and it worked out for them in the bubble, but I think that's more an exception to the rule now. I think it's it's not the defense wins championships now. Basketball is different. Like an acceptable defense wins championships and you need to be good on offense. Like you can't like you need there is a threshold that you have to reach of offense that's not where the Lakers are. The Lakers are like 26 or something on offense. They're really bad on offense. You need to be at least in the middle of the pack for your elite defense to to 
to win at a high level. I'm not saying you have to be the number one offense. I'm not saying you got to be, you know, the Pacers and completely sacrifice all of your defense um, because you're not going to win the title that way. But you need to be an acceptable offense. You need to be like acceptable on defense in order for any amount, in order to have to, to have a shot to win. But like it's it's just less valuable than offense it's just yeah. it, it is what it is i'm well, dealing with this least, with the pels now the pels are good on defense and they there's times where they just can't score at all so yeah yeah i mean that bubble year at least you know ad was making his threes you know <laughs> that's the biggest difference ad was a three-point shooter and it changes the entire scheme for the offense if ad is making outside shots the team operates in a completely different way you also had more guards back then you had the final year of rondo being good uh yeah. and a lot of other variables but moving on kcp kcp god kcp caruso bubble kcp bubble kcp that's a win- was very that's a winner real. that was that's a winner yeah Saturday, Embiid sits again, and Philly loses to Utah at home. And I get that Maxie's taken a huge step forward, but if their offense, when he's not out there, uh, when Embiid's not out there, is just like Maxie going 9 for 24 and Oubre throwing up 18 shots, you got to start losing some faith in the non-Embiid minutes, even when he is healthy, you know? Um, He's having, like, one of... Is it, like, his best statistical year? He's having his best scoring yes. year, at least. I, I don't think it's close. Yeah, I, it's I think easily he's his been... best scoring year. I haven't looked into the defense and the rebounding, but yeah. Um, he He's better right now than he was last season. Yeah, and it leaves a, a window open for Maury to embark on the most insane campaign yet, which would be to change a rule, because he's not going to hit that 65-game mark, but if he has a true MVP-type season, Maury is going to complain harder than he's ever complained in his life, trying to get that rule changed to get Embiid the MVP, and it's going to suck, especially out here. I'm going to be like walking around just hearing MVP chants coming out of bars every time the Sixers are on. Oh, boy, that's going to suck. Yeah, how many games has Embiid missed? He's he's missed not a ton. I think he's missed yet. ten already, ten out of thirty-two it, or something like that. Is that is that true? Yeah, NBA awards eligibility tracker from CBS Sports: Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant among stars at risk of missing sixty-five game threshold. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I personally um, I, I I have to I have to take the L. Because at the beginning of the season, I thought that there was absolutely no way that Joel Embiid would ever be considered for MVP this season mm-hmm. just because of how the postseason turned out. Yeah. But he's been so far, like, he's been fantastic. He's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he would, if I had to vote right now, if, you know, I don't have a vote because I'm just a guy. But if I did, I would probably vote for him for MVP. He's been, he's been that good, even despite the fact that I, you know, kind of hate watching him a lot of the time. Um, and. Uh, he he's missed eight out of the seventeen games he can he can miss. By the way, he's I, missed eight games. Okay, and they've played like thirty three so far, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. What I was gonna say was the reason that he was out against the Jazz was because he stayed in with a, a knee thing mm. in order to get thirty and ten, which he had gotten for a number of games before that as like a long streak, which is extremely impressive. But they were getting destroyed by the Knicks in that game, and he decided to stay in in order to get thirty and ten anyway. And then he has to sit against the Jazz. They lose to the Jazz. Uh, I, am I concerned long term? No, I think they're really good. Yeah. Uh, but it's it is one of those things where it's like I, I feel like in the in in the past few seasons when he's been trying to get MVP, he's kind of worn himself out, mm-hmm. and then he gets hurt a little bit in the playoffs, and then that really impacts the team. I I, I hope 
for his sake, that he's just like whatever on the MVP. He realizes that he's got to show it in the postseason in order for people to stop calling him Wizards Pistons man. And, uh, you know, and he and he does the thing. So, I, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't stat know. chasing is not a good uh, not a good sign for him escaping the MVP debate. That's definitely no, and not t- good. And to be clear, he's been amazing. He hasn't just been a stat patter this season. No. I want to be. I, I have been. It's as the much one of a instance Joel Embiid, of playing hurt in yeah. stat chasing that gives you pops. Yeah, yeah. I have been over the last few years a huge Joel Embiid hater, a huge Sixers hater. But I, you know, and and people do. It is funny to say, oh, he's Wizards Pistons man. He just he just beats up on bad teams. You know who beats up on bad teams? Really good teams. Yeah. That's just kind of what they do. So to be to be totally fair to them, it's he didn't make the schedule. He's he didn't make the schedule. Yeah. So hey, Kobe put uh, up I, his eighty one on what the 07 Raptors? Come on. Yes. Yes. Correct. Correct. Um, also that night, Randall had thirty nine and Brunson had thirty in another Knicks win. Uh, maybe a little scoring depth concern without quickly though. Like looking at the box scores since they got Ananobi, it's been a lot more uneven, but they're still good. And Ananobi is. We haven't talked about that. Hey, if you didn't hear, the Knicks traded for OG Ananobi, uh, and they gave up Emmanuel quickly and some other Canadian and. Yeah, I mean, he's the perfect Tibbs guy, obviously, a defensive-minded guy, uh, but they're probably going to need to pick up another scorer if they want to win a playoff series, right? I think they're kind of still in the house money mode, Mm -hmm. uh, and just they're going to kind of see what happens. I don't know if they'll make any big flashy changes. Um, I don't even see anything big. I just think they need like a bench scorer. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I'd have to look at. I, I haven't watched them since yeah. they traded for for OG. So I'll, I'll defer to you on that. Um, but like they've been, they've been, they've been good. They're winning they're, these games. I, like, I love watching the Knicks. I, I, I love it. Um, I think they're fun. I Hart like, had like I, a plus fifty game or something like that, and I love him and Brunson's back and forth pettiness. Brunson so was like, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, they're so fun. That Josh, by the way, that Josh Hart the worst pass of all time <laughs> yes. where he just like like he was like a quarterback just threw it like nine rows deep uh that was one of the funnier plays of the season um and and i like that josh is a good sport about that guy Pel- pelicans legend josh hart josh, just a josh hardcore airmail and yeah a, so a former laker legend as well uh god i yep. wish we still had him yep for the last five years now i've been saying god i wish we still had that guy um wait i i lost my place here okay so Moving on to Sunday, New Orleans smashes Sacramento on their home turf and denies them yeah. the pleasure of lighting that beam. And I got to say, we've talked about it before, but this may have been the quintessential not on Herb game because De'Aaron Fox was limited Dude. to three points on one of 10, his worst night since 2018. Herb Jones was he, plus 34 and only had nine points. And that's a sign that he's doing everything right, basically. I, I love De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox is great. Awesome. That was his career low in points. Like, he's never scored less than that. And it was because of Herb Jones and Tyson Daniels. I went into yesterday, and I was like, we've beaten the Kings three times already this season. It's hard to beat a team three times in a row. Much less four times. So I was like, you know what? We're going into Sacramento. No Zion tonight because he's got a right quad thing. I'm not particularly concerned about it. But I was like, you know... Our schedule's really hard this month. 
we've already we're already two and one this month. That's fine. I just want to get out of January around five hundred in those games. If we drop tonight, it is what it is. And then we go in and no Zion. CJ just goes off. He he was an absolute monster. BI was dealing. He was he had like seven or eight assists last night. I forget the exact number. Um but I guess it's just one of those things. Some teams just have other teams' numbers. And at one point, at one point we were up by 50 points against like a Kings Insane. team that I like. Yeah. A good Kings team. Uh, and it was, it, it was, I mean, I don't even know what to say. It was, it was, it was shockingly great. Quick corrections corner, because I know Richard likes to hold people's feet to the fire on fake news regarding NBA media. Commonly shared graphic, De'Aaron Fox career low. Not so fast, my friend. Oh boy. Many people shared this graphic and I almost said it and I put it in my notes and I was like, I got I saw that graphic on Twitter, but I got to double check this. Not his career low. Now, ah. if you're throwing out games where he plays less than 10 minutes, that's fine. I see. But okay. But he has multiple games with only 2 points where he played I see. over 15 minutes. That's all. I but they see. were in 2017. Okay. 2017. Okay. That was the last All time right. he did that. Uh, the one I'm looking at right next to it is October 29th, 2017 against the Washington Wizards. He wow. had two points in 26 minutes. What a beautiful game that was for De'Aaron wow. Fox. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was a great bounce back because I went to Pell's Clippers uh, on, I guess it was Friday. Yeah, yeah. it was on Friday. And the the Pels got em- embarrassed mm-hmm. by the Clippers, which, I mean, there's no shame in losing to the Clippers. It is what it is. They're very good. Um, and it was cool to see Kawhi, but they just, like, totally shut us down. Like, completely, yeah. completely shut us down. Kind of a demoralizing loss a little bit. Again, again, great team. No shame in losing to them, but it was really, really bad. And so this is a great, great bounce back on the road. Um, no Zion, who uh, has been good lately so um yeah great great cj great night. vintage scoring great night for cj, CJ. night look up C- cj was hitting him from deep yeah. last night too those were not those were not you know right at three point he was he was feeling it um heat heat check night so i think uh, I, I also saw a stat that eight pelicans players last night had at least one block Oof. so they were they were love just that Im- Embarrassing. Love the that. Kings. We we talked so, about this months ago, but De'Aaron Fox, that is not a Pelicans matchup guy. That is if no. that happens in the playoffs, Kings Pels, that is he's getting eaten up by Herb Jones. Herb Herb and and Herb and, and you gotta shout out Dyson too. And Dyson Daniels, of course. Yeah. Dyson Daniels. Dyson Daniels, who yeah, he played actually he was actually good on offense last yeah. night, which is a rarity because he's usually a, a zero on offense. Um but he was he was really good last night. So I we 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 love Herb Herb Defensive Player of the Year. But we also need to make sure that his Robin gets gets a shout out. Absolutely. Shout out to Dyson. Uh, you know who else was really good last night? The Los Angeles Lakers. They were. <laughs> well, I don't know if I could really say that they were really good. The Clippers shot really poorly. Uh, it's did. it's proving right now that the Lakers, the only kind of games they can win are when they play 2000-style basketball and neither team can hit like 108 even, uh, And which that's ironic because like the 
the debatable peak of that low offensive era is when that AARP Laker team lost to the Pistons in the finals who averaged right. 85 points a game or whatever. Uh, and now that's what LeBron wants to do. That's the only way we can win games, I guess. Uh, it was a strange game, honestly. Like it, No one looked amazing. LeBron had fits and starts where he looked good, and then he looked very discouraged. Deload's body language looked worse than ever because he missed his first, I think, five threes or something like that. And then he ends up two for seven. And, you know, it's the classic, oh, he just needs to see one go through kind of thing. But if that results in him going two for seven, including 0 for five in the first three quarters, is it worth the pain? It's not worth the pain. It's uh, not worth the pain. D'Lo is just really bad out there lately and felt his jump shot looks like slower than it used to look weirdly or maybe full of less effort. I'm not really sure what to say about that. Um, the Max Christie minutes don't look very good when you're throwing Max Christie out there and the Clippers have fucking Harden, PG and Kawhi out there or just Russell Westbrook. It is tough. I mean, Russell Westbrook probably hates Max Christie, to be honest. Like, they were eyeing each other yeah. on the bench last year. Like, <laughs> Max Christie's supposed to be next. Russ probably even knew that guy's never going to be good. The The bizarre thing from last night was, like, it, it was t- Ty Lue, his, his, his rotation and timeout decisions last night were yeah. so weird. I know that's, like, the lowest hanging fruit of NBA commentaries. Like, oh, he doesn't know when to take timeouts or, you know, whatever. But it was particularly strange. It was a three-point game with two minutes and 45-ish seconds left. And Tyloo takes his last yeah. timeout <laughs> to take Kawhi out of the game. Yeah. And and then, and so I was like, okay, I, I mean, I guess Kawhi's on a minutes restriction. Or did he get hurt? And then it ends up the, the Lakers, they're, they're able to hold on to that lead. I believe it was a five-point lead with like 30 seconds left or whatever. And then Kawhi comes back back into the game mm-hmm. and so it's like okay i guess he's not hurt i guess he doesn't have his I, it was really really strange and then it's what from norm Lue. powell taking the last shot too yes yeah. w- who to be fair was hot that shot was halfway down <laughs> yeah, that was scary. that shot was that was halfway down yeah. he almost tied that thing that was um, i mean that's quintessential lakers perimeter defense right now is just like yeah. let a guy walk up the floor and pop a three yeah. if he wants austin reeves austin reeves was was not doing a great job no. uh, defending that last that last play austin reeves was not doing a good job defending anything i i will i will say to to, to, to a little bit in the clippers corner is sometimes the shots just don't go down and yeah. it kind of felt like that kind of night there were a lot of shots that Kawhi and PG were taking where it's just like, well, they make that 90% of the time and it just didn't go. Yeah, I, no, it's it, a it, bad shooting luck night. It it truly is because it's like what Harden was like four for 17 or something like that. And yeah. Paul George couldn't make a three. And yeah, it, it's like that's the only way they're going to beat the Clippers. It felt good because the Clippers have owned us for like five yes. years in a row at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it always feels good to get one off against them. Um, got to get one off. And, uh, so that does it for the week. What I want to do here, we are like between a third and halfway through the season. Yep. I want to give out a couple quick rapid fire words. If we were going full analysis, that would be the topic of the episode. Rapid fire. You already cast your vote. You're saying Joel Embiid is MVP. I got to give, I got to give it up. Yeah. Got to give it up. I think that it's a totally legitimate thing to vote him MVP right now over um, over Jokic. Reasonable people can disagree, but I, I I hate watching Joel Embiid a lot of the time, but he has been spectacular. So 
Um, I'm going to go with a less uh, chalk pick here and say Shea Gilders Alexander. I think the Thunder right now are just fucking destroying it. Yep. They're a game and a half out of first. He's third in, he's like top three in all of the overall metrics, you know, second in win yeah. shares only behind Jokic, third in BPM behind Jokic and Embiid. Uh, if you want his basic counting line, 31 points, six and six on 54% shooting and his free throw rate is way down. We talked about that in the beginning of the season. I think I was talking about that with Griff where him and Austin Reeves were guys that finished like in the yeah. top seven in free throw rate last year, the only guards to do so. And now he's way down to like in the 40s which is where he should be for a guy with a high usage rate who drives in all the time that like makes sense for unfortunately for my narratives it is far more ethical buckets than he's gotten in the past and i also just want to say in 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 support of your mvp argument his steals he's a full like a steal and a half ahead of anybody else he's at 2.3 and over three stocks a game absurd it's crazy 0.7 0.7 blocks as a point guard, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're counting stocks, that is a big defensive That's metric. He's That's fucking huge. killing it. He's absolutely killing it. Um, my most improved one is almost like my second tier MVP because, you know, it's like, who do you give a most improved to? Someone who was bad last year, someone who was great last year and a superstar this year, blah, blah, blah. I'm going Halliburton. It's a weird thing because he's like sure. second tier MVP for me, basically. Like he's like yeah. fifth or sixth, probably, if I'm counting it down. But if him yeah. and Maxi made the two biggest leaps this year, Halley is just so much better. I'm going with him. He yeah. shoots 50% from the three uh, or from the field rather and 40 from three. But he's also just like a traditional point guard. So that's the closest you can get to a traditional point guard that you can win with in today's NBA. He never turns the ball over. I I'm with you. I don't like I don't like it when at, uh, most improved goes to a player who is bad and then becomes good. Yeah. Like that's like shouts out to players that do that. That's hard. But it's like there's a mountain of difficulty between being a bad play like going from good to great. Yeah. Like that is way harder than going from bad to good in 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 my experience. And and Hallie's done that. So I think that's a perfectly justifiable pick. You got a most improved pick. Yeah, I, I would probably go Maxi because yeah. he's been like way better yeah. than yeah. than last season. But I th- I think again I think that that Halliburton's also a great a yeah. Great it's like Maxi took the slightly bigger leap to me, but yeah. Halliburton's the better player and it's, and the team is better and yeah. the, the 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 Sixers are better. So it's you know and Hallie has to be the number one. You know Maxi only has to be the number two. So yeah, I I get the argument. Um, I would probably go Maxi, but uh, Halliburton's a great pick too. How about your boy Willie, Coach of the Year? <laughs> Uh no, Top five, not maybe? this season. No, not this season. I love Willie. I don't think he should be some Pels fans think he should be fired sometimes because he. Yeah. Uh, when when we have leads, he'll take out the offensive players in favor of defense, and then we blow the leads. Weird. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, he can just tighten some things up. Uh, coach of the year, Mark Dagnall, maybe. Yeah, I I would say I, I don't want to give it to him because I just don't. Me neither. I, you know, but it's true. It's he's like who the else? best I mean, schematic guy going right now. You could say you can make the argument for Nurse honestly because they lose yep. offense and improve yep. on offense. Like they lose Harden yep. and improve on offense. That's that's yeah. big in terms of coaching scheme. Um, and the Wolves too. It's just like the Wolves Chris figured Finch. out how to fucking yeah. win games. Chris Finch is a yeah. great coach, but it's not the sexiest pick. 
rounding out the five we could pick uh, Jamal Mosley on the magic has mm. been has been good yeah I, I think he's he's got those goes those guys playing really well so yeah I'd probably pick Dagnall but any of those five I think are, are good choices yeah uh, I didn't include this but Matt the magic are like kind of my league pass MVP team right now I just I watch them a lot I, I watch I more good. magic than basically any other team right now they're just a solid solid team yeah Worst coach, Darvin Bin Laden. Easy. <laughs> what is going on there? Respect. Um, I don't think Darvin's been good. I would probably go Monty. I mean, oh, he's, yeah. been, oh. he's been terrible. It's he's That's been how short-sighted awful. and fan-based I was. Is I forgot that there was I a know. team that basically was the worst team of all time. For I know. The last couple and months. that team... C- and like the, a lot of the reason that team is bad is because of the front office and the yeah. team construction. But the coaching... It, like is uh, Monty's been terrible. Yeah. Monty's been awful. And unfortunately, Pop has also been awful. Pop like, has been very bad. Been, Pop has been really bad. And again, the players on the team are not that good. I'm not saying that they would be a good team if the coaching was better. But the insistence on the Sohan point guard thing, even if I understand why you did it to begin, you know, you want him to have more ball handling reps so that eventually when he's not the full-time point guard, he can be better at it. But it's just like, dude, like, <laughs> it's just really, really bad. Um, two final fun ones, best local promo slash like league pass weirdness MVP. It's the scratchers falling from the rafters in Indiana, man. That is funny. The, the lotto scratchers coming down at like every other time out always puts a smile on my face. I always, yeah. I also want to say the dramatic, uh, scenes with the wolves mascot are very I was fun about to say that I was about to say that. Yes. Um, that was extremely fun. They're doing uh, to uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah. Yes, that was very funny. Hold on. There was a... Uh, let me see if I can pull this up really quick. Yeah. This is from uh, Jack Maloney at Jack Maloney CBS. Bucks just announced an all-time convoluted promotion. If the Bucks score 95 points before the end of the third quarter, you can go to Quick Trip and use your Quick Trip rewards card to buy an 18, 24, or 24-pack of Michelob Ultra, and you will receive 30 cents off each gallon of gas. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to buy beer to get the gas discount. Okay. That's my understanding. Yes, if you buy, if 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 the Bucks do this thing, and then you go to a trip trip and buy packs of Michelob Ultra, then you get off. Then you get thirty cents off each gallon of gasoline. And the even funnier thing is, Jack followed it up saying, "This making this even funnier is there are zero quick trips in the city of Milwaukee, <laughs> and only one within ten miles of Pfizer Forum. So that easily gets my promo of the year. That is straight up." Nathan for you gas station rebate like that is so funny insane finally the fool's watch MVP of the season it's really hard for me to do this as of right now if the voting ended there would be a tie it would be like the old BCS days where a USC and LSU shared a championship we knew this was coming everyone knows the players that you're about to say (laughs) the rivalry started you know a year and a half ago (laughs) With a leaked video shot from the rafters of the Warriors practice facility. Yes. Jordan Poole, 
uh, in his last seven games, he's averaging like five points a game per Brick Muse. Uh, and you know, if Brick Muse is the only person writing about you, it's going pretty poorly. Uh, Draymond Green, obviously, for his actions over the last couple weeks, and especially today with that insane podcast, they are tied. It is the most heated election in history. Uh, we can only see what's going to happen for the remainder of the season who is going to be more foolish best of luck to both candidates both uh, uh, they're both doing an incredible job uh, aiming for the art and sports podcast fools watch mvp of the season it's i'm it's it's the reason i get up in the morning is to see who's who's ahead so richard thank you so much for joining us again another week is in the book of nba coverage on the art and sports podcast thank you buddy